0: Hey, you're listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana on Canal Street. My name is Brian. My wife and I pastor Mid-City Vineyard, and you can learn more about us on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard, or check us out on Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard, and then, of course, online at uh, midcityvineyard.org. We've been in a series for the last couple of weeks entitled Seeds and Souls. And We've been talking about how the soul does not have a switch, but that working within our souls is seed work. It takes time. That's the mantra we've kind of been talking about. This is going to take time. And for this particular week in this podcast, we spent some time in Colossians, kind of learning from the teachings of Paul, where Paul says, listen, you need to put to death certain things, put away certain things, and then finally put on the life of the kingdom. Thanks for checking us out. Hope you enjoy. Much peace to you and to all of yours. Tonight we're back in our series uh, Seeds and Souls. And so if you have your phone and you want to open up the Bible on your phone to Colossians 3, that's our, our, the text that we're going to be in for just a, a bit here. Colossians 3, and I'm going to read a significant portion of this once again. Again, Paul says this. Now listen, since then you have been raised with Christ. Here's, here's what I want you to do. Set your heart on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So I want you to set your heart on these things, but I also want you to set your minds on these things, set your thoughts on the things above, not on the earthly things, for you died and your life is now actually hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So here are a couple more things, Paul says. Do these things. Put to death. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So it could be sexual immorality. It could be impurity. It could be lust. It could be evil desires or greed. Uh, All these things are idolatry. Uh, Because of these things, uh, it's the wrath of God that's coming. And you used to walk in these ways in the life that you once knew. But now I want you to get rid of these things. But listen, I also want you to get rid of rage and get rid of malice. Get rid of anger and get rid of slander. Get rid of uh, filthy language from your lips, uh, uh, you know, f- false witness and these kinds of things. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off the old with its practices and you've put on the new. Which, by the way, the new you is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the creator all the time. And so now listen to what Paul says. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. Uh He says there's no circumcised or uncircumcised, there's no barbarian or Scythian. He says there's no slave or free, but Christ is all, and Christ is in all. So now, here we go. God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved by God. I want you to clothe yourselves with compassion, clothe yourselves with patience, clothe yourselves with kindness, Clothe yourselves with humility and with gentleness. I would like for you to bear with each other. Forgive one another as the same way you've been forgiven by God. And over all of these things, put on love. Over all of these things, put on love. And now let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. As members of one body, you were called to peace. And let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. With wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude. And whatever you do, and whether it's in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. Now, I guess if we were the Church of Colossae, you know, whoever was leading the church that day or however it would have worked, they would have read it and everyone would have said, okay, let's go do it. Uh, nowadays, we read the scripture and then we, we expound upon it. Now we, um, we talk about it. We, we, we have preachers like myself who now try to teach it. And I, I was, I've been thinking about it. It's kind of funny because, I mean, that seemed pretty self-explanatory to me. Um, but let's, let's talk about it because I think we live in a time where we've kind of, <laughs> we've, we've figured out ways to take Paul's, what Paul talks about. And we figured out ways to make it not mean what it means. You know I mean? It's like, I mean, Paul really didn't seem to mince words there. He says, listen, put away anger. Put away rage. Uh, put away uh, these things where you think you're better than others. Put all these things away and instead clothe yourself. Clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with forgiveness. Clothe yourself with uh, self-sacrifice. Clothe yourself with uh, um, uh, uh, selflessness clothe yourself among, among above all these other things with love let love be the determining factor in your life i mean like you you could make every decision from this point on does this show love does this express love and if the answer is no then more than likely go the other direction there are a couple things though about this passage that that paul does not mean first off I don't think that Paul, in this passage, I don't think that he's just giving us a set of rules to live by. Uh, He's not just explaining particular behaviors necessarily that, hey, if you do these things, you'll be more happy in your life. Because the truth is, if you do these things, you might actually be less happy. Um, Jesus did these things and he got himself killed. So you can kind of see, you know, happiness is kind of a, it's a state of emotion. That uh, that goes up and down. So this is not Paul just saying, "Hey, listen, Christian, yay, go do these things, and you'll be you'll be happy, and things will be great." Maybe not. Uh, you do these things, and you might get uh, you might get stepped on at times. You do these things, and you might get looked over at times. You do these things, and uh, you might actually. You might actually find yourself on, on the on the back end of things where you if you wouldn't have done these things, you could have found yourself on the front end. you know you could have found yourself more in a place of power, but now you find yourself more in a place of, of serving, which is very kingdom, but so this is not just a, a set of rules or a way to get yourself you know instantaneous and constant happiness paul's also not drawing a, 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 a difference here necessarily between like some um, far off heaven place and this earthly existence. Paul's simply saying, listen, set yourself, set your mind and set your hearts on the things above. Uh, Basically what Paul is saying is, listen, remember there are two kingdoms. There are two realities. The kingdom of the world, it's a system. It operates according to the system. Everything in the world operates according to the kingdom of the world, the system of the world. The world is driven, has always been driven, will always be driven by the need and the desire to get more power. The world, the system of the world, has always and will always be driven by uh, by uh, tit for tat. Kind of, you do this to me, I'll do this back to you. I'll one up you. I will. I will extend. I will not extend forgiveness. I will only hold grudges. You know. I mean, this is the system of the world. And Paul's saying, "Listen, the world you live in, but don't live according to the system. Look to the future. Look to what God is doing through Jesus already." And what Jesus has do, done is he's inaugurated the kingdom. He has paved a way for you to experience love and mercy and kindness. He's experienced a way for you to grow in Christ-likeness. You're already made in the image of God. We've talked about that. We're, we, every human being on the face of the planet is created in God's image. But not every human being on the face of the planet looks like Christ, right? Even though they have the image of God. They don't look like Christ. And because looking like Christ, It's it's a matter of pressing into Christ, allowing the spirit within us to develop us, to shape us, to form us, to grow us. But it doesn't just happen. You know, I... I, That's kind of... I think that's a a bit of a fallacy for for many Christians. It's this idea that, well, I I came to know Christ, and, well, like, why am I not more kind? (laughs) I came to know Christ. Why, Why am I not more forgiving? Well, because... You've, you've been not forgiving for the last 45 years. I mean, why did you think that just overnight you were going to become more forgiving? Or you've been uh, uh, just an angry son of a gun for the last 32 years, and now you just think you're going to not be angry anymore? No, Paul says, here's the deal. I, I, you got to work at it. you got to cooperate with what God's doing. God's not a, a puppeteer. It's not just kind of... But instead, Paul says, here's what I want you to do. Take the things that aren't of God's future reality, take the things that aren't of God's kingdom, and put them to death. So, are you a person that's prone to anger? Well, Paul says, let's look to the future. What kind of person are you growing into? What kind of life is the Spirit of God inviting you into? What, is, what kind of table has Christ been setting for, for this future kingdom when new heavens and new earth come? Well, We are actually currently becoming the people we're going to be. So, you you desire you ultimately desire to be a person of kindness because that's a that's a fruit of the spirit. You know, you're filled with spirit. You want to be kind. You want to be gentle. You want to be generous. Paul says, "Well, the things that aren't put that to death. If you're an angry person, put it to death. If you're a rageful person, put it to death." Now, I'm not a fan of violence at all. Um. I'm I'm quite anti-violence. But doesn't that sound kind of violent? (laughs) I mean, Paul, Paul, who was also anti-violence, kind of takes a very strong approach here when it comes to the powers of darkness, basically. And he says, I want you to be ruthless with this. Whatever kind of stuff is standing in your way, man, kill it. It. Not them. Everybody got that? (laughs) It. Put it to death that rage that, that dwells within you that seems to just rise up, Paul says, put it to death. When, it, when, you, when you recognize it, be ruthless with it. He says, put it away. Put away some of those behaviors in order that you might put on the things of Christ. So maybe we have bad habits. Let's take bad habits for, for a minute. Well, what do you have to do? I mean, you had to learn bad habits, Right? I mean, we all did, and we all have them. Well, now, now Paul would say unlearn them. It's kind of like when I was playing baseball in Little League, I learned how to, to hit a baseball. But the way I learned how to hit a baseball in Little League was by watching Major League Baseball players. And Major League Baseball players have some of the worst hitting techniques and habits of anyone. Like these guys, you know, they... Y- y- you, you watch them get up to the plate, and they they got their bats, and they're doing all this stupid stuff, and, and then they kick their legs up all like this. and Now, somehow, they hit it out of the park, so they must not be the worst happens but, but what happens is, you know, when I'm in Little League, I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm, and I'm striking out and striking out and striking out. And then I get to high school where we got serious about playing ball, and I go to try out for the team, and somehow I made it, you know, with all my stuff. And then the very first day of practice after making the team, coach comes up, and he says, now, listen, you can't hit. And he says, what we're going to have to do is unlearn all of these terrible habits and terrible techniques that you have as a batter so that we can make room for the new. So we got to get, all right, so we got to unlearn this and we got to unlearn this and we've got to start unlearning the old and so we can make room for the new so that we can make room so that you can create new habits that will actually enable you to hit the ball. It made sense in baseball and really the same thing is very true for our spiritual life. It's just kind of, it's like, hey, let's unlearn the old. Let's press in and learn the new. Understanding all along that it's not just going to happen like that. Just because you became a Christian or just because you go to church or just because you pray or just because you have Christian friends. That's all good. But Paul says, put it away. And now put on the new stuff. Put on the new stuff of Christ. Uh, Tom Wright says it like this, he says, gradually, bit by bit, when you start putting on the characteristics of Christ, when you start putting on the, this new life, these qualities, they seem for the moment so artificial, so unnatural, so unlike me. But they will in fact transform that character at the deepest level. It becomes, it, it becomes, as we're moving in the ways of Christ, it becomes part of who we are. And if you need an example of this, let's look at Jesus just real quick. Think about, uh, let me read this to you, because I think this is uh, just truly beautiful. In Mark, and you can jot this down if you want to go back and and check this out, but in Mark chapter 14, listen to what happens here. This is the night that Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross, and it says that Jesus goes on a little further, and he fell to the ground, and he began to pray, and he said, if it's possible... God, that this hour might pass, I pray, Abba Father, everything is possible for you, so please take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. Do you realize that in this moment, that Jesus is choosing, and this, I mean, theologically, this is just one of the most beautiful things because uh, Paul even traces this back to Adam at some point later, but Jesus is actually choosing to put on obedience. You know where Paul tells us, now put on kindness, put on patience, put on these these uh, generosity and gentleness? Jesus actually puts on obedience. Jesus makes a a a cognitive choice. I don't want to go this way, but I'm choosing to put on obedience right now. And so God, if you say go this way, I go this way. That was an act. I mean, just so that was an act of his will in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. You can never do this without the cooperation of the Holy Spirit. You can't just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, I'm going to will myself into this. You'll just, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll fall flat on your face. This is a, this is a Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, now empower me, Holy Spirit of God, and that I might put on patience because the truth is I want to kill this person or whatever, and I need patience, and I know that's of your spirit, so I put it on I cooperate with you now fill me and empower me to move in this direction and so we move in this direction this understanding once again if I if I could paint no better picture it would be it would be the picture I would want us to understand is that we live in this this time this place in this reality But we must understand as followers of, of Jesus that Jesus is doing something in the present. He is taking the story somewhere. And when we look to the future and we allow our imagination and we allow our, our hearts and our minds to look to the future and look at what this thing is going to look like in the future, here's what I see in the future I see a huge table. It's, 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 uh, it's huge compared to this. Ta- I mean, just, I, I see a table that goes on and on and on and on and on and on in new heavens and new earth. And I see Jesus just walking around and welcoming people to the table. People who have, who have uh, throughout their lives, they've, they've been moving and, and putting on and, 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 and practicing, putting on patience and putting on kindness and putting on love. And I just see Jesus pulling out chairs and, and seating people at the table. And I see, I see all kinds of different people sitting at this table. I see I see uh, white people sitting at the table and I see uh, black people sitting at the table and I see Chinese people sitting at the table and I see Afghani people sitting at the table. And I, 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 see, I see Democrats sitting at the table and I see Republicans and Libertarians and Green Party people sitting at the table and I see people who've been under communist regimes sitting at the table and people who've been under democratic regimes sitting at the table. And I just I see, like, if this is what it looks like God is doing, then how do we start practicing that here in the present? because we are to look like Jesus to the whole world here and now. And so, if there are things that Jesus seems to be doing moving forward, then why wouldn't I start practicing those things now? Because that's what God is doing. See, that's that's what God is doing to transform our hearts and to transform our minds and to transform our actions and to transform our being. Does that does that connect with you? You know it's this it's this movement it's it's putting on putting on love but it takes practice because we have (laughs) we not we haven't been raised really for in all fairness we haven't really been raised in the ways of love to the degree that jesus invites us to we just we just have no no one has by the way (laughs) Because we all swim in the water of the kingdom of the world. No matter where you live. No matter where you live. Listen to this quote, and then I'm going to walk us through one more thing. Tom Wright again says, If we are to understand virtue, if we are to learn in advance the language that we will have, to call upon to speak in God's new world. So if we're going to learn now the language that we will speak in God's new world, then these are among the main features. Worship and stewardship. Generating justice and beauty. These are the primary vocations of God's redeemed people. Listen to this again. God's redeemed people, primary virtues. Worship, worshiping God, stewardship, being good stewards of our, of our lives, which includes everything being a people who generate justice and beauty. He says, And the habits of the heart, the mind, and life to which we are called are designed to form us gradually, bit by bit, into the people who can freely and gladly take these forward, take these tasks forward. So remember this series, Seeds and Souls. Your soul does not have a, a switch. You're not going to flip a switch and become this type of person. The soul, it's seed work. And so we plant the seed. We put the soil back over it. We water it. And we come back the next day and there's nothing. And we water it again and there's nothing. And we water it again and there's nothing. And we water it again and maybe in a few weeks up there's a little sprout. And we rejoice. And the work is not done. And we continue to cooperate with God. We continue to move and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And our mantra in this is, this is going to take a while. This is going to take a while. But we are growing in Christ's likeness. We are moving and we're becoming the people that we are going to be. Patience, mercy, kindness, love, gentleness, generosity. These are not rules. These are signs of life. These are signs of life. And I could go around this room for the ones of you that I know. For the ones of you that I spend time with. See, we're hardest on ourselves, but... If you want to know if you know what, what's god doing in me is god doing anything i feel so like he's not sometimes where are the signs of life where did you experience a moment of extending kindness this week or having a practicing patience a little bit more I'm not, listen we're not looking for perfection we're just looking that we would cooperate and that we just we're just moving just moving and I could promise you, in this room, every single one of us, I could find places for those of you that I know where you moved this week, where there was something, and so we build on that. We build on that, and you know we're not going to, we're not going to, and we're never going to be a church of perfect people. We're never going to be a group of perfect people. And I say, yes, Amen, praise God, because I would not be welcome here anymore, because <laughs> we can't do it. I mean, that's just like we're just. We're moving with God. It's soul. It's seed work. It is seed work. But it's good work. And I think this is the work that Jesus is doing. So I'm going to lead us in a moment of reflection here. For some, for some, it might be maybe, and I'm just, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. And this is where I'm going to invite you. Holy Spirit, that your prayer would be, Holy Spirit, what are you putting your finger on right now? Maybe it's a, a particular habit in your life. Maybe you've developed a particular habit that is stealing away life from you. Maybe that's what the Spirit of God would like to, to discuss. And, and I'm, w- I'm going to tell you this, too. Well, let me finish this off. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's not so much a habit. Maybe it's just a, it's a characteristic. I mean, maybe it, is, it leans more towards anger or rage or, 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 or uh, lack of generosity or whatever. And maybe the Holy Spirit just highlights that. I don't know. But here's the biggest thing that I've learned in, in my life as a Christian. Don't leave it between just you and the Holy Spirit. This is what I love about this community. Invite somebody into, into your life at some deeper level. Because if you decide, oh, okay, the Holy Spirit is putting, the Holy Spirit's putting her finger on this area of anger in my life. Okay, I've got this anger. And now, Holy Spirit, just you and me. Well, uh, you, you're gonna probably stay there. So I would say to you, pull in a friend and just say, you know what? I think that the Holy Spirit is talking to me about anger and so I just, this is one of those seeds that I'm planting and uh, I don't want you to ask me about it every time because then I'll never want to talk to you again you know, because I don't know, oh, no, here she comes, she's going to ask me about my anger <laughs> so don't be that kind of person, that's awful um, but more like I just I just want to invite somebody into this process with me you know, if, it's a, if it's a particular habit invite someone in but What's the Holy Spirit saying? So let's let's do this. You have a prayer. Uh, we actually used this one last week, but we're going to do it again this week because I really like this one, the Litany of Transformation. I'm going to invite you to stand, and I'm going to lead us through the Litany of Transformation. I say the part that's not bold. You say the part that's bold. And at the end of this, when we say Amen, we are going to we're going to stand in silence. I'll probably give it 45 seconds. And your prayer at that time, just silently, is, Holy Spirit, what are you inviting me into? What are you inviting me into, Holy Spirit? That would be a silent prayer between you and the Spirit of God. And so, again, you have the bold. Lord God, transformer of persons. May we have the enthusiasm of Zacchaeus. May we be willing to go out of our way to climb obstacles to behold you. We to you. May we be confident in our stature, our status as your beloved. We you. May we count the kingdom as our highest treasure. And may we be willing to give away all our possessions and power to receive the riches of grace. We Lord, may we have the openness of Christ who was a guest of sinners. May we have the mind of Christ who sought out the lost. May we have the priorities of Christ who disregarded those who grumbled at His ways. May we have the compassion of Christ who loved all of the poor and powerless. May we have the grace of Christ who forgave even those who abused their power. We we, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. As we gaze upon Christ, we are transformed. Amen. So we reflect upon you, Lord God, and we ask Holy Spirit, just personally, what are you inviting us into? And now may the Lord God, who is good, who is just, who is beautiful, who is true, cause His face to shine upon you. Church, as you go from this place, as we go, may the Lord open our eyes to see beauty all around. May the Lord open our eyes to the conversations in the community this week. May we see the Spirit at work. May we see the Spirit at work in our community. May we see the Spirit at work in our own lives. And Lord, tonight we ask that you would just continue to empower us. Lord, give us your thoughts. Give us your eyes. Give us your ears. May we be quick to see what you're doing. Lord, however you do these things, would you make us quick to respond to you, to cooperate with you? And So may the Lord once again cause His face to shine upon you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And this week, may the Lord give you peace and may the Lord make you an ambassador of peace. We pray these things tonight in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <coughs> and listen tonight, if uh, before you stir, if you if you personally need prayer for anything, I just you know whether it's physical, uh, mental, emotional, I just encourage you don't don't leave. <coughs> let 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 us pray with you, and you can come find me. You can find Sean here, find Christy, uh, and just say this is what I need prayer for, and we'll get a couple other folks to pray with you. Uh, Also, don't forget to sign up, new to MCV, and also that last slot for Ronald McDonald House, and uh, I think that covers it. (coughs) God bless you. Have a good one.